I think it was the power. The energy that you feel and you hold is, that's what's scary. It's not, for me, it wasn't the pain. It was the amount of power that I hold within me. Like a um, torpedo, like, like funneling out of me. It was otherworldly. I welcome you to the Positive Birth Story podcast with me, Swedish midwife Oasa Rostein. In this episode, we will meet Connie, a mother of two, a doula, and a prenatal yoga teacher. She will share her two birth stories and talk about the power of doing your homework prior to giving birth, a homework necessary to fully know your options so that you can advocate for yourself to get the birth that you wish for. This is a podcast with women for women. So Connie, I welcome you to the Positive Birth Story podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's so great to have you. <laughs> I'm so happy to be here. And we're recording from my hotel room in Newark and uh, hopefully like the life-giving sounds of the city <laughs> that I usually love won't disturb us too much or won't disturb you that listen to the podcast too this much. This is life. This is New York. Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't have it any other way, I guess. No. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you are the mother of two children. I am. Yeah, and I you am. also work as a doula. I do. I'm a doula. I am a yoga teacher, um, pre and postnatal mostly, which has been so wonderful to marry with with being a doula. Um, and uh, I just co-founded a business called Amaya that I started with a friend uh, where we empower women using yoga, meditation, and coaching. And that really came from birth, mm. the, our, our experience becoming a mother. This is so exciting to be able to talk about all of the things that I love. Oh, great. It's easy. <laughs> I love it too. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to share the birth of your first child or daughter, yes. Maya Jane, today. And we're probably going to talk about the birth of your son Hudson too, but uh, but the focus is to talk about Maya Jane's birth. Sure. How would you describe yourself as a person? I am strong. I am a little bit scattered. I'm an artist, so I think that's just kind of where I live. And I'm seeing that in my daughter. Can't really get mad at it because the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. <laughs> Um, but creative, I love I love life. I love to think about deep things and dramatic. I'm dramatic. And my birth was dramatic. What were your views on childbirth prior to becoming pregnant? I don't think I really thought about it much. I was 31 and pregnant, and most of my friends at home had already had kids. So I felt a little lost. I didn't know what my—I my, knew that I wanted something holistic. You know, I dabbled in, you know, what, learning yoga— I had heard the term midwife, and I asked my gynecologist, are you a, a midwife? Do you deliver, you know, are, are there midwives in your practice? And she's like, nope, it's just me. And I left that office, and I thought to myself, she's not delivering my baby. I just don't connect to her. So I think I wanted a connection. Mm. And I, I actually got pregnant th that month. Mm, I, you did. I had seen her, oh. and I had a miscarriage. Mm. And I called the office, and no one called me back. Mm. And then they called me to remind me of my eight-week appointment. Mm. And in that moment, I said, I miscarried. Mm. You know, I was kind of like, you're a little late calling me back. Mm. So in that moment, I knew that if I was going to have a baby again, I was going to go with the midwife. Mm. Um, and then I got pregnant. I had a DNC and I, I got pregnant the month after. And that was my pregnancy with Maya. So I knew I wanted something connected and holistic 
whatever that meant. So how did you prepare for the birth of Maya? I did a doula training. Oh, during that pregnancy? I did. I oh. did. I did my, my advanced certification for Hatha Yoga in Guatemala, and the Mayan shaman read my numbers, and I was to be a surgeon or a midwife. Um, I can't remember how the numbers go, but he kept saying, you're supposed to be cutting. You're supposed to be a midwife. And I was like, no, I'm, you know, I'm a healer. I get what you're saying, but I'm, I can do it in other ways. And so that was the first time someone said, you should look into being a doula. And I was like, what's that? So I always thought about that. And then when I got pregnant, I thought, well, maybe I should do the training. And because I, I won't do it after I have the baby. And that's kind of what, what really got me going, what really got me thinking about birth, birth in the city, mm. and how I needed to advocate for myself. And I'm a pleaser. Mm. So I don't know that I could have had the birth that I had if I hadn't been prepared. If I didn't know exactly what was happening, I might have just gone in and... You would have had a hard time standing your ground, you think? Or? I, I don't... I think so. In certain ways, I do, because I think I, I'm very trusting. Mm. And you're the expert, so I'm just going to listen to whatever you say. You know what I'm saying? And even though I did choose midwives, learning all I learned and hearing from the other doulas that were in the program that were already doulas, hearing the way women are treated in the hospital setting was so disappointing and so scary to the point where I called a midwifery on Long Island at 38 weeks. And I was like, will you have me? And she was like, why? And I was like, I'm just, I'm going to get risked out of the birthing center. This is how I want it. And I hear that you guys can do that. And she goes, do you like your midwife? I said, yeah, they're fine. They're great. Just, just stay where you are. You're going to be in good hands. But I was in a tizzy because I wanted everything that I envisioned for my baby and me. And I really had it. But I think it's because I really worked hard for it. And you, you had the knowledge about the process and birth and what you wanted. And I think I always think that in all cases of life, but especially when we're about to give birth, that knowledge is power. And the more knowledge we can get, uh, the more we can stand our ground and um, advocate for ourselves and um, tap into our intuition. You said it there. That's it. Mm. Podcast is over. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, No, though. no, no, no. It's not that easy. <laughs> it's not that easy. It's not. No. It's not that easy. No. But, but if you can get into that pocket, yeah. right, of like, you know, that one little thing that helps you get through a moment. Mm. And if you hadn't had it, what could have the outcome you know, have been. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about what a doula is doing. So a doula is, she serves. She serves. And I I love that because I, I really love to serve. I, I think that I doula my yoga students. I doula, I'm just a caregiver. Um, so a doula stands by a woman, you know, before the birth, during the birth, and after the birth, and really just makes sure that she's getting all the love she deserves because everybody is different. Oh yeah, that's right. right. Every birth is different. Every yeah. so you just kind of I think that is it. You have to be a good listener, mm. and you can't take your eyes, your listening eyes or listening ears off of what's going on. But it's such a, a thrill to be able to do that. It's an it's an absolute honor to be by a woman that is giving birth mm -hmm. and to take part of her strength and her journey. It really is. Yeah. Did you enjoy being pregnant? I say yes now. 
But when I got pregnant with my second, I was like, ugh, this is terrible. I think I liked the attention. I loved watching my body change because I always imagined what it would be like. I mean, as a little girl, I always wanted to be a mom. Mm. Um, always. And I always imagined what it would be like for your body to make those changes. So I was really fascinated with it. I And I feel lucky because I know that that's hard for some women, but it was just so fascinating. So that I really loved. I loved feeling them kick, but I didn't move well. I was really nauseous with Maya. I like the idea of being pregnant, but then when it happens, you're like, oh, right, here we are again, nine months. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, you just have to go through it. You do. Yeah, and you don't have to love it. You just no. have to do it. It's yeah. actually the same with birth. You don't have to love it. You just have to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, so bring us back to the day when the birth started. Where were you and how did you feel? I, I was ready. She was due on the 28th. That's what the ultrasound tech told me. At my 20-week appointment, I had one ultrasound the whole pregnancy, and that was it. She said, your baby's coming on June 28th. And I said, okay. Um, so a few two days before it all really kicked off, I had really intense contractions in the night. And I do think that was like a little hint, right, that it was going to start. And then I was having contractions, Braxton Hicks, all day. I went to my midwife appointment, and she checked me. And I was not dilated, but I was about 70% effaced. And she said, okay, you know, you could be pregnant another two weeks or start any time. If you go into the hospital tonight, you, you can just tell them what I saw. And I said, okay. And I left. It was the midwife I didn't connect with the most. Mm. And I kind of left a little like grumpy. And I had about, I mean, contractions all the way home, all the way down the subway steps, probably because she just checked me. And they lasted like that really all afternoon, but it wasn't anything out of the ordinary. And then I went swimming at my friend David's pool because it was hot. And I thought, if I can just float, do some backflips in the pool and catch up with a great friend. So we had such a great time. And I think about eight o'clock after all the swimming, we went back to his apartment and I said, David, that contraction made me stop in my tracks. I think I should go home. And he's like, all right, go, you know. And my husband plays soccer, so he called me and said, I'm going to go get a drink with the guys. Is that okay? I said, I think you should come home. Come home and just be with me. And I said, okay. So we had dinner, and they were probably like every 20 minutes. And it felt like Braxton Hicks was really like tightening in the front and the back. Called the midwife around maybe midnight, and she's like, why don't you just go to bed and really rest just in case this isn't the real deal? And then at 3 o'clock in the morning, I remember I, I woke up and threw up. So then I looked at my husband. I said, this is definitely it. Like I'm Then you knew for sure. Yeah, mm. I knew for sure. Mm. But then I got back in bed because I, I knew that it could be really long and that we should rest. And mm. so we did. And how did you cope with those first hours of contractions? I haven't thought of this until this moment. But he, he touched my back, my husband. Tony mm. touched my back laying in bed together. He didn't need to press, just having his presence there. And I took really deep breaths. Mm. 
And I just paid attention to what it felt like. Because that was also, I think, all this curiosity about what the heck is this going to feel like, you know? And then, oh, this is it. This is what it feels like. So I was really just rolling around with the sensation and really being present and then falling back asleep. Oh, so you could fall back asleep. I did, asleep. yeah, because they, they were really, they were, they were spaced out. You know, you would fall asleep a little bit in between them. And then we woke up in the morning and I called my doula. I told her that I was handling it fine. I don't even remember when she came over. Maybe 11. My sister came over and my husband, they were making sandwiches and playing with the dog. Oh, no, that's not right. I called my friend to come and get the dog. She came over. It, it was early in the morning and they were talking. She's loud. Felicia, if you're listening to this, she was so loud and laughing and they were having fun. And I opened the door and I just looked at all three of them. Ah, they disturbed you. They were so disturbing. Oh. And then I closed the door and she was like, well, I guess I got to go now. But until that moment, the dog didn't leave my side. Oh. Sweet Callie girl. Mm. She just rested with me. They know. She didn't leave me alone leading up to the, the moment too. So I think she knew it was coming. Mm. So when your sister came, had you decided upon that prior to birth starting? Yeah. yeah, definitely. My mom and my sister are, you know, they're just wonderful. My mom is just, she's the oldest of four. She's bossy. She's a nurse. She's the one that everyone goes to when you get hurt. You call her even before we were married and have kids. Her sisters all call her for everything. Everyone does. She's just who you go to. Um, so I knew she, I wanted her there. Um, one thing that did make me nervous about having her there was that she lives in this medical world mm. and she's seen so much and I'm her daughter. So I did worry a little bit about her worrying about me. Even though I, I know she believes in me, I, um, I wanted to do a home birth and she and my husband were like, absolutely not. And truth be told, the apartment wasn't right. I You know, looking back, I, I don't think I would have been very comfortable in that apartment because it was small and whatever. So I didn't fight it much, but it was in the back of my mind. But I did know I wanted her to be there. Had you talked to your mom about these fears of yours prior to birth starting? I did. But, you know, maybe now would be a different conversation because I think she triggers me and I'm I'm not always nice. So I got real mad at her. She said something like, I'm not going to come if you have a home birth, knowing that that would upset me enough so that I would understand how much she didn't want me to do that because mm. she was so afraid that something would happen. Mm. And I get it because I'm a mom now. But in the moment, I thought, that's the meanest thing you could have said to me, you know? So anyway, yeah, I, I wanted them both there, my mom and my sister. I didn't know if I wanted my sister in the room, but... For goodness sake, she was with me for the long haul. I mean, in the throes of labor, I looked at my mom and said, do you think Roz wants to see the baby born? And my mom was like, I thought you'd never ask. I'll go get her. <laughs> you know, she ran to get her. So at home, um, the doula was there. We walked around. We She had this really cool contraption. I'm not sure if you use it, but it's like a PT tool that you swing around the door, shut the door, and it's two strings with handles mm. and you can hang from it as if you've got a rope around a tree branch mm -hmm. to squat mm -hmm. you know it felt good because it was I could feel stretched out it felt good and supported in a squat you know so I felt like I was being proactive and helping my baby move down 
So we did that. But mostly I just wanted to lay down. And I I now know why. She was sunny side up. Mm. In the moment, I didn't. I didn't want anyone touching my back, pressing. Like I said, like Tony could touch my back, mm. but I didn't want him pressing. So, you know, I don't know if she was like that the whole time, but it was active labor. And then by 1 o'clock, 1.30, I said, you guys, I can't. Let's go. This is changing. It's getting harder. And it was, but um, I threw up. I remember getting out of the bed, sweating because it was so hot, and I threw up in the bathroom, walked down the steps, threw up again, and then my sister pulled up with my mom. She came in from a train from Pennsylvania, so it was like perfect timing, and we drove over the bridge, across the city, in our little uh, Tiguan that was so bumpy, you could feel every bump. It was terrible. Where were you? Were you in the front seat or in the back seat? I think I was in the front and we put the seat all the way down. Mm. Yeah, because it was a small, smaller car. And then I threw up as soon as I got out. They valeted the car. I said, Tony, go right up to the birthing center floor. Don't go to L&D. He was so good because he did whatever I wanted, you know, and he was just like so strong for me. We called when I got there and said, we're standing in front of the birthing center doors. Because I know they don't open it for everybody. Like that was going to change their mind, right? But they knew I was coming and the doors opened. And I looked at him and my doula and I sobbed. It was the first time I cried. Because I was like, I did it. I fucking did it. I got in. You made it to the I birthing was like, fuck center. You, fuck you, fuck you. All you people that told me I couldn't do it, that I was going to get risked out, I did it. And really, that was all that mattered in that moment, you know? And I cried. And I walked in, and the midwife that I was not so connected to was there. And you know what? She was exactly what I needed. Mm. It's like, it's so funny how you really just attract everything you need. You know, I'll, I'll be forever grateful. I will also be forever grateful that it was busy because she left me alone. So you got a room. I got a room. She did tub. all the checkups. She did the checkups. I was only four centimeters. And then she started to tell my doula what was happening. And I said, I know what's happening. And I know exactly what that means. So you can stop like, you know, I was just like not being, I was being sassy in a funny way. Trying to add some humor to this because I knew it was, I knew it was going to be long. I knew mm. it. Um, Were you fine with that? Yes, I was. I didn't want an epidural, but I was in the hospital so I could get one. Right? If you're at home, you got to go to the hospital. So that's a whole big hurdle, right? I only had to go upstairs. But I was in so much pain. I made a story up in my mind that if I told them that I wanted the epidural, because my team knew I didn't want one, they were going to tell me to walk up the steps. If I want one, you, you, Connie, if you want an epidural, you got to walk up the steps to go get one because I'm not, I'm not going to take you up there in a wheelchair. No one ever said that. But I created this story that I really believed in. I was like, I don't think I can get up there. So I'm just going to have to deal with this. So what kind of, did you take any kind of pain medication? Mm -hmm. Or did they help you with acupuncture or laughing no. gas? or No, nothing. Did acupuncture would have been, I think, would have been um, a much needed change of pace. But they don't do that here. No, they don't. Mm -hmm. I use that a lot when I, when I worked a as a midwife. It's so useful. It's it just, so useful. It helps the woman to relax and uh, relieves a lot of pain totally. and can also help the help contraction the pick mm -hmm. up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because that, that was another thing. Um, 
my contractions were sporadic the entire labor from mm. start to finish. They never were consistent. And I think it's because she was turned the wrong way. And then I think it was fatigue because when she finally was in position, I was so tired and my body was kind of used to what it was doing for all those hours, you know? So it was tough. It was tough hearing four. I did feel a little defeated, Mm. but I wanted to know. And then we walked, we paced, we walked. My dad arrived, my brother-in-law arrived. So it was just, it was just my dad and my, my brother-in-law. And we walked and I rested and we, we ate and, but I'm, and I took a bath. The bath was the best. Why did you like the bath so much? It was a break. I loved the warmth. Um, even the shower was good, but that, that bath in the birthing center was wonderful. And I could get on my hands and knees. I could open my knees wide, um, you know, and just, yeah, it was great. It was really great. You know what also, being a singer and loving music, I had a million playlists and I didn't want to hear anything. I couldn't handle it. The sensations were so heightened that I couldn't take one more, one more thing. Mm-hmm. Did there, that surprise you? Yes. I wanted to be singing. I'm a yogi. I wanted to be moving around. And really all I could do was enjoy the bath And lay on the bed. And just go inwardly. Yeah, Mm. literally. It was, Mm. and you know, um, it was really surprising to me. I didn't want anything smelly. I didn't want really anyone talking much to me either. My doula and my husband pressed on my acupressure points, the webbing between your pointer finger and thumb. Mm -hmm. For pain relief? Yes. Mm. It distracted me. 20 hours they did it. 100% 100% 20 hours every single contraction, I would go like this. Squeeze my thumbs. And if they didn't, I would shake my hands at them and say, squeeze my thumbs. Yeah, for, for 20 hours, 100% they did it. They were wonderful. Renee was wonderful. I met her at the training and she asked me if I had a doula. And I said, I thought you'd never ask. And I felt so seen. I mean, even more than my husband. She was in my face for all those hours. I mean, we even fell asleep together. And then one would happen, and she was right there to wake up with me again, you know? Um, and don't get me wrong. My husband was was very much present. But he really allowed her to be with me in a way that I needed. And I'm sure he saw that, you know? He was really good at doing other things. But for that, I was so grateful. Because she really gave me strength. She kept asking things like, Connie, what do you feel afraid of? Because I, I think I kept maybe mentioning that. I'm afraid. Mm. It's a so lot she of coached you. She did coach both me. Life, physically and, and mentally. Yeah. Yeah. What do you feel afraid of? But she would say it in such a loving way. Just tell me. Like, let's talk it out. And I think it was the power. Power of birth? Yeah. Mm. The energy that you feel and you hold is, that's what's scary. It's not, for me, it wasn't the pain. It was the amount of power that I hold within me. And also that you can't, you know, you can't... Um, Make it stop. <laughs> it's not by choice. Right. It just comes. It just comes. That's where surrender comes in handy. <laughs> yes. So the more you're able to surrender to the power and just uh, use it. And when you do, yeah. it's like... Magical. Magical. Mm. That's where the magic of birth lies. But it's so hard. It's so hard. Mm. It's so hard. I would do it again and again, though. I really would. Did you ever come into a phase of birth during those 20 hours where you felt discouraged? 
When she checked me and I was four centimeters. Mm. When um, you arrived. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when she checked me again and I was only six. Because I really was like, baby, are you ever going to come out? Uh, of course, I know you are. But, like, do you think you could cut me a break? Because this is getting really long. Mm. I think it was active for 28 hours. And then it got to the point where I was feeling really tired. She checked me again and she said, listen, why don't we break your water? And then in my head, I was like, oh, my God, I have to make a decision. If I break it, if she breaks it and there's meconium, they're going to take me right up to L&D. And then I'm on a clock. And then, you know, like my. Mm, and then you I had took, this all rational thinking going on at the same time. I really did. Mm. And also, though, when they came to talk to me about this stuff, my contractions would stop. You know, and in those moments, you really do have relief. So I could rationally think. So I thought, oh, my God, I just, maybe I should just take the chance and do it. And I looked at my doula. I said, I think I'm going to do it. What do you think? And she goes, I think that that's a great decision if that's what you want to do. I completely support you. But she asked you, the midwife asked you if you Mm -hmm. wanted to Mm -hmm. have that intervention. Mm -hmm. That was good. It was because... What was happening was the contraction happened. She could feel the baby's head move down. And then as soon as it went away, right back up. Mm. And then she went in there with that hook to break the water. It was so stubborn. She couldn't even break it. So that, Strong membranes. It was really mm. strong. She did say before she was going to do it, it's going to be really hard, Connie. The next two contractions are going to be really, really hard. But if you can get through it, your body will get used to it just as it's gotten used to what you've been through up until this moment. She meant the first two contractions after she had broken the water yes. because they would be so much stronger. Right. Which they usually yeah. become. So she finally broke it and it literally sounded like, well, you know, you've probably you could probably hear it in your sleep, a balloon mm-hmm. splashing everywhere. And the way that it felt in my body was like like a um, torpedo, like like funneling out of me, like all this water coming out, emptying out. And then the contraction happened, and just like she said, it was otherworldly. I was like, how am I going to do this again? And then it happened again. And it was, again, just like what it needed to be. So strong. And but then... Did you feel a relief from water breaking? Because that's sometimes the case. No. Like, oh, oh. <laughs> no? Well, y- yes, in a way, but... Not like the relief you feel when you start to push. I looked at Tony and I said, I can't do this anymore. I can't. And then I thought of Tanya, Tanya Wills, my my birth coach, and she's also a mentor of mine, that when you say you can't, right, transition is right around yeah. the corner. So I breathed into that. And then I got used to the contractions. And I was like, I can do this. I got this. The way she would tell stories were just captivating. And she said, you know, when you start to talk and then you go like this and the bearing down, that bearing down sound. And we would always laugh at her. And then it happened. And I was like, oh, my God, she's so right. You heard yourself. I heard myself bear down. Mm -hmm. But no one heard it except the people in the room that didn't matter. Right. I mean, of course, they mattered. But. And then, you know, the nurse came in and Renee's like, she's bearing down. And she's like, okay. And she left. But she then I really bared down and I made a really big sound. I was very vocal the whole time. I probably almost too vocal, I think. You mean by then? Because before you said that you were so quiet. I was, except when a contraction was happening. Okay, then you... Then I moaned. Oh, you moaned. I sang mm. the whole way through them. Mm. 
It's the only way I like for twenty eight hours. Mm. So when my mo- my my like moaning turned into like a louder grunting, bearing down sound, the nurse came in and said, "Let's do this. That's what I want to hear." So they brought my midwife down, and she checked me, and um, I think she was like, "You're you're nine. You're like nine centimeters. We could start pushing." And I think really, I w- I don't think I was a hundred percent ready to be pushing. Because I pushed for a long time. I think if I'd been more open, maybe. But I think she was had four other people that were exactly where I was. In fact, they called one of my favorite midwives in for backup. It was crazy. Because I'd be pushing the baby down and she'd leave. Oh, crazy busy, you mean, in the birth crazy center? Crazy busy in the, yeah. in, the, in the hospital. There was mm. two, two of us in the birthing center. And then I think like two or three or four up in L&D. And we were all around the same. So she was really panicking. Which was disturbing to me because I already felt so out of control. And if I had a constant in her, maybe it would have been different. She kept leaving. So that was disappointing. I also couldn't figure out where to push. I was so tired and I knew in my mind where to push. Also, if she still was the sunny side up, (laughs) presenting herself the sunny side up, you get the pushing sensation so much earlier because the back end of the head pushes towards the rectum mm, early yeah, on. Right. So yeah. So that's why you get the pushing sensation even though you're not fully dilated. And it takes longer twice yeah. or three times the time yeah. to push the baby out. It's true. I pushed for an hour and a half, which I guess isn't that bad for a first-time mom. And I couldn't figure it out. And then they put me on my back and I had my arms holding my knees back. And I know that that's not like great when you when you hear about how women should be birthing, but I could feel where to push in that position. Oh, sometimes it is great. Right? Yeah, it, it totally depends on what other positions you have tried out earlier yeah. and uh, also how the baby's presenting. And uh, from what you are telling me, it sounds like that would have been the best the position best. To, to do it in. Yeah. So I did find it there. I found it. And I ended up delivering her on my right side. Everyone was yelling at me. Why? Telling me um, to stop making sound. To keep the power inwardly. Mm -hmm. Mm. And I understand what they were saying. I do. But had they been around me all those 28 hours and knowing that I have such power in my my vocal cords, and I've seen babies born with women screaming, vocalizing. That was one thing that Renee asked me after the birth. A week later. How did it feel, Connie, when people were telling you to stop making sound? How did that feel to you? Would you have changed that? And I love that she asked me that question because I think to me, to me, she saw something in me get upset when they were, you know, and there were so many people in the room that I'm not really sure she could have advocated for me in that moment, but it felt like there were too many directors. There were too many cooks in the kitchen. I didn't know who to listen to. It was a little chaotic. Mm. So I kind of wish the nurses would have chilled the F out and let the midwife talk to me. But everybody was talking to me. Mm. And then I can remember saying, man, that ring of fire is no joke. And the midwife looked at me and said, oh, honey, we're not even there yet. I was like, what do you mean we're not even there yet? I can feel it. No. And the ring of fire is when the baby's head is crowning. Right. Yeah. (laughs) 
and it's really intense in the perineum and the vagina right. and it's everything is stretching and it's like yeah we don't have that expression in swedish i've only heard it in english really? it's such a good expression it the is ring right of fire. It is, yeah, it's it fire. Is a ring it of feels fire. like fire but she was right it was just the start of it um and you know something that i've been processing four years into like being postpartum for maya the last year and a half is this moment of darkness that i never expected that i would have in my birth i started to push her out and i got really like almost grief stricken and it was like why do i feel this right now like i'm having my baby and then i got really sad because i was like i'm never doing this again this is terrible and it was all of this like darkness wrapped around this moment full of light and i i i didn't really understand it until i think that part of my body was almost letting go of maybe maybe not the my miscarriage Mm. I don't think I really processed my miscarriage. And so actually maybe maybe all this work that I've been doing isn't necessarily processing my my birth with Maya, maybe it was the miscarriage. And I do maybe it sounds funny, but I really think in that moment my body let go of something that wasn't celebrated, that wasn't processed, mm. and it was a moment. You mean a hidden sorrow? A hidden sorrow. Thank Mm. you. Yeah, Mm. that's exactly what it was. A hidden sorrow. I pushed and there she was. She came right out. And I remember looking between my legs and before anybody called the sex, I saw her little pink vagina. And I was like, it's a girl. She's here. They put her on my chest. My sister, oh, she was sobbing. She was just like right there with me, cheering me on. That was really... That was really exciting to hear my sister and my mom telling me that I could do it because those are the voices that really were in my ear. You know, my my husband was on one side helping me hold my leg and really just being a strong foundation for me. But to hear them like being my cheering section and then when she came out, the sounds that they made were just like, you know, oh, my God, she did it. The miracle. Like, it's a miracle. Birth is just so divine. It's just so moving. And um she was so wise. She like, put her little fingers on her hand on my jaw as if to say, like, I'm here, mommy. We did it, you know. And then I had a really hard time delivering my placenta. Mm. She was tugging and tugging, waiting and tugging, waiting and tugging. And I know from my training that, like, really at 45 minutes, we start to stress out. But your uterus was just out of power. <laughs> You'd been working so, so hard, hard for so many hours. Right. So I got on my hands and knees to climb off the bed to go up to L&D after all that. They're going to make me go upstairs so they can break a bed and manually take it out, you know. One of the midwives said, try nipple stimulation quick. And so my favorite midwife, who ended up jumping into the team at the, the very end, rolled my nipples or did what she did. It was terrible. Nothing stimulating about that. Except that it brought a, a contraction. And I said, guys, I'm having a contraction. And they were like, push. And I pushed it right out. You made it. I made it. So I did it. And I tore a little bit. So they stitched me up. And they took good care of me. They they really did. They helped clean me up and get me warm. They had warm blankets. And we had a queen-size bed to lay in together. And then they let my dad in. And um, I burst into tears because he's my guy. And... I did it, Daddy. My sister cried 
when she saw Maya's face and she didn't stop crying for 24 hours. That's not even a joke. She cried for 24 hours straight. Every time she looked at Maya, said her name. Um, and to this day, they have this really sweet connection. And then she got pregnant two and weeks then she later. Got, and then she got pregnant two weeks later. So that sorrow that you talked about just during the pushing phase, uh, did that go away once she came out or you know did what? it hang on a little bit? I love that question because it didn't go away. No? It didn't go away. I was very happy to see her little face. That next night, 24 hours later, of course, after all the, you know, all the oxytocin sort of wears off and your hormones are shifting, that loss came back again and I wept and wept and wept. It was so hard. But I do look back on my birth and I'm so proud of it. And I, it was, it was so magical. But I love that you share that because I think that you can have a super positive and strong experience, even though it includes um, what can also be looked upon as the negative parts. It's just, it's, it's like life. It's the good and the bad <laughs> and <really>. the balance. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. And there's beauty in all of it. Yeah. Did you know that you had this enormous power within you? To do this? Um, Had you sensed that before becoming pregnant and giving birth? Yeah, I think so. I think I've always known that I have a power about me. And I think sometimes in my life I feel really connected to that power. And sometimes I don't. Has this experience changed the way you look upon yourself and your abilities? No. I just, I always knew it was in me. It made, It makes me feel proud to be me. It's like you got a confirmation. Yeah, yeah. totally confirmation. Mm -hmm. And a rebirth. You know, I think that that's, people say that and you might laugh at it, but I really do think a woman is totally reborn when she births because, because of that. You kind of move through this transition, you know, you, you get to dance with the divine. It's a rite of passage also. It's a rite yeah. of passage mm -hmm. and... You can, I, I really just feel like I did that. I can do anything. I, can, I did that. I can do anything. So if there was one wisdom you'd like to pass forward to the women listening to the podcast about giving birth, what would that be? I think it's to go inward and ask yourself what you want. Because people might not, you might not be asked that question. So I think we have to ask ourselves, what do I want out of this experience? And then go find it. Of course, there's lots of things you can't control that come up. Of course. A lot of things. During but pregnancy still and during in birth. And yeah, there's still beauty in that. And that's also beauty in like being mindful about that. Yes. No matter what the outcome. Like to not get wrapped up in, because I do think I got a little wrapped up in what I wanted. Strictly wanted. Yeah. yeah that That's a danger. It is a danger. It, a danger. it really was. Yeah. But I also felt like if I had planned a home birth where there's a little bit <laughs> less crazy around, like, you know, the things that, I mean, I was low risk. Um, I think that I would have been a little more relaxed because they're, they're not so crazy with their protocol. Mm, but it's, you cannot have a home birth if you have a partner that's not no. accepting it because no. that is key. You're right. You need to. It had to be. We, yeah. we had, yeah. we are a family. It yeah. was just as much. You have to agree on it. 100%. Your mother would have been fine. But, yeah, you're, you're right. We just wouldn't have told her. But, <laughs> but not your partner. No way. No, no it, I, I, no. It's, I would never would have done that to him. No. Or me. 
So that is good if you get a kid on your own. You can decide all on your own. <laughs> yeah, you can decide all on your own. So you have also given birth to your son, Hudson. And um, how was that birth different from the birth you have told us about now? I think Hudson's was much more of like a kind of like a textbook. It was 10 hours from start to finish. It started like a furnace. It started from within. It wasn't like these Braxton Hicks outer contractions that I felt with Maya. And it was like a surge of heat, like like this pattern. And it was every 30 minutes for an hour, every 20 minutes for an hour. 15 minutes for it was it was fascinating to to pay attention to and I think the difference was also that my midwife was very present she was there the entire time with this warm smile I could see her aura really like she just was everything that you could imagine a loving midwife to be and didn't say much but she was constantly there with a gentle touch or a nice a nice word Connie do you feel like pushing I was like I don't know I remember thanking everyone once he was born and um, someone said, that was such a beautiful birth. I don't know why you didn't film that. And I said, well, you made me feel so beautiful. Thank you. And they were like, no, no, you did that. You commanded this room to behave the way you needed us to behave. And I was like, you're right. I did. I did that. And I did. But with, with Maya, I didn't have the chance to because the midwife was all over the show. But it's also so much harder because it's the first time you don't really know what to command. You're totally right. You're right. But I do think in the moments of pushing, yeah. no one was listening to me. No. And my mom would say, Connie, they gave you what you needed in that moment. But I don't know. It was a little bit helter-skelter. And Mm -hmm. I really think that it's what that midwife was bringing back in and Mm -hmm. leaving. She wasn't present with me. I didn't have a chance. I was like, this is what it feels like to give birth in 10 hours. And I had a great night's sleep. It's usually so much easier the second time because the body knows and you can Mm multitask. And it's like the first time it's, uh, it takes longer. It does. Everything takes takes longer. So So you need to like bring a lot of patience into that birth. And that's just the way it is. It's just the way it is. I do remember looking at Renee. She was there for my second birth. And I said, oh, I know it's coming and I don't want it to go. I don't want to go there. And she goes, you don't know what's going to happen. What? Like that your birth before was your birth before. Let's be in this moment. We don't know what it's going to bring. Maybe it's going to be really easy. And that was good advice because we don't know what's, what's coming. Oh, you never know. You never no, know. No, you never right? know. And that's uh, what's scary also. You're right. The mm-hmm. uncertainty of it. Yep. So that's why you need to trust the process. Yes, and call it out when you feel your fear, right? Yeah. I like, had to voice yeah. it and say, this is what I'm afraid of in this moment. And she's like, okay. Well, I what always advise like for that. That's so important. Yeah. Like, let everything out so the room knows and the room can help you with whatever help you need. Yeah. Go through it. Because you can make stories up in your head. Oh, right. we do that all, we the, do time. all the time in ordinary life. So why wouldn't we when we give birth? Even more, right? It's more yeah. amplified. So yeah, Everything is much more amplified. Your whole persona is so more amplified. Yes. You are more of everything. Yeah. And your senses are on highest alert. Yeah. So, yeah. I did listen to music with Hudson. Oh, you did? Oh, yeah. yeah. Candles, music, essential oil, I think. 
I mean, if I didn't, I would have had it. Like, I really, <laughs> I was really like, give me all the things. This is great. Not with Maya. I couldn't take it. Thank you so much for sharing your birth stories. Thank you for having me. And for your thoughts and your, yeah. Thank you for doing energy. this. This is important work to be doing. I think so too. Yeah. So thank you for bringing this to us all. Thank you for listening to the Positive Birth Story podcast with me, Swedish midwife Åsa Holstein. And thank you, dear Connie, for a lovely heart-to-heart conversation about birth. Connie is the co-founder of Amaya that empowers women through yoga, meditation, coaching and community. Amaya also offers a really cool online program. You can check it out on amayacircle.com. If you want to know more about me and this mission of mine to let positive stories come to life, check out the Positive Birth Story podcast.com. Bye for now.